Rick, welcome to the interview. <laughs> Pleasure to have you here. Why, thank you. <laughs> for, uh, for the people back home, you are a teacher and a teacher of teachers. I believe you've spoken to 100,000 students. You have a book called Conscious Classroom Management, which sold over 300,000 copies now. You run workshops in awakened leadership and presenting and leading from the heart. Mm -hmm. Your website's thetenderedge.com. Correct. And you've just taken myself and a group of about 25 others through level one of being human. Yeah, the art of being human. The art of being human. What's that about? It's uh, authentic relating, and it's um, it structures f for allowing people to go deeper in themselves and to connect with others in a more meaningful way. Mm. So as I was thinking about this interview, I thought I want to just kind of make a statement because um, I've never said this in this way before. But what I found this weekend what was really interesting was the training serves the needs of kind of three levels of, of motivation or interest. You have people who are coming because they want to have more interesting conversations in their life. And then you have people who are really feeling the pull of vulnerability and opening themselves and opening their hearts. And then you have people who are doing that on a regular basis, the vulnerability and the openness, and, and the training and the structures can allow them kind of to peel back the, the veil into a more mystical presence, because it goes very deep. So the same structures, the same games we play, the same focus can be for better conversations, vulnerability in the moment or this deeper abiding presence which can which did arise arise in the workshop mm. yeah and we've just sat and edited some of the testimonial videos that was that was the first time you've seen them is that what you expected what what stood out for you from hearing these people on their way out the door um you know it's it's i i get positive feedback sometimes but it, it's always kind of a bit shocking how much people were touched and moved in a two-day mm. training. And um, and it makes sense, and I can see as they're speaking, like, yeah, they're, they're ha they have a different angle, a different trajectory moving forward than they did when they arrived um, before it started, and that's very cool. I'm, I'm very touched. I feel, as I said at the end of the workshop, I feel well-used. Which is, if I have a goal in facilitation, it's to be empty and to um, to be well used. Mm. Yeah. And the structure of the weekend was a series of games. I don't know if you call them why you call them games. Maybe the game of life. Exercises, games, structures. Um, there's kind of two pieces. There's the structures that, and each structure illuminates one or two principles or key threads of presence. So if you look at presence as the center of the wheel, the spokes or the avenues are the games that we play to bring people into an awareness of how to access that presence. Mm -hmm. So that's one side of it. And the other is a more open-ended kind of group sharing where, where the real magic often happens, where people just, we just be present and see what's arising. And then with curiosity and slowing down, Oftentimes when someone speaks, they skip over like the lily pads. There are these moments of potential dropping into deep presence, deep aliveness and vulnerability. And so in the shares, the, we slow down and people get a chance to 
to kind of feel themselves in a way that they normally don't. So it's both the structures and the and the present tense sort of hanging together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I heard you reference the moment within the moment, discovering the moment within the moment. What led yeah. you in your life to discover that there were moments within moments and then set out on a huge body of work to facilitate mm. it? Wow. This is a longer interview. It's going to take a long time to answer that question. I mean, when I was a teenager, I, I, I had a series of profound mystical experiences that, um, where I realized there was way more to life than what I thought. And from that point forward, I've been exploring and learning and stabilizing and grounding those experiences into form, into the form of what it means to be a human being in the world, on the ground, connecting with others, in, in form, finding kindness and weaving that through the conversations and the activities of our lives. So this has been my biggest focus. Beautiful. Um, bit of verbal ping pong. I'd like to read a quote to you and then you tell me what that means for you or what it brings up for you. So inside of presence is an innate curiosity. I think I said that. Yeah, these are your quotes. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I think that's really profound. I'm so I'm think it's cool that I said it. Um, when we are allowing ourselves to be, and to kind of step underneath the noise that goes on in our heads and the functionality and all of that, we arrive at kind of our center, and inside the center is this. It varies, but there's a sense of hunger for more, a hunger for filling the space with presence. And then there's this innate curiosity, like I was saying in the workshop, little kids often are very curious, and they don't really edit their curiosity. They've not had that kind of repression training. Mm. And when we're present, we become that childlike place where we're just curious about everything. Mm. And um, it could be like this microphone. I I could get into just exploring what this is, Rather than as an adult, oh, it's a microphone, it amplifies the voice, it records, and moving on. There's there's so many places of wonder inside of presence as we as we enter into that. Yeah, my experience of playing the curiosity game in context was moving around a room with a whole bunch of people, firstly labeling things and then mislabeling things and then <laughs> grabbing objects and looking at them as complete new things. And it was this really wild kind of like, what is this? And then when you said to everybody, sit and now look at everybody else with that curiosity, the love that was transferred in the room, the energetics were just, the, right. the lid was taken off them. And that's very cool that that you almost equate curiosity and love. There's an, the openness yields both the love, the curiosity, hmm. and they come together. The best I can do right now is consciously blame. <laughs> yeah, I was. I didn't know I'd be quoted on that. That's great. So sometimes when I'm in a situation and I feel a lot of charge in my body and I feel like I I don't know how to get to neutral. If I have I'm with someone, a friend or a partner, and we have a, I have permission to what I call consciously blame, I can say, look, I'm going to, this isn't real and it's going to dissolve as I speak it, but it really helps if I can, to navigate, if I can speak it or write it and know that you're going to hold space for me and watch what's underneath it, which is invariably the love and the kindness. And so sometimes the best I can do in a situation, I can't just disarm and drop, drop everything right away, but if I have permission to kind of walk down the staircase 
from blame into responsibility, um, that's what I would call consciously blaming. Mm. I know it's I know it's not true. I know you didn't do this, and it's not your fault, but it's in my head, and I want to be able to narrate it so I don't have to hold on to it. Stepping over to verbal tools, you said a lot, being here with you, I'm noticing. Hearing that, I'm noticing. How do you use that? Hmm. So this is one of the kind of the foundations of authentic relating is to relate in the present moment. So as we're sitting here, now, I live in Bali, and we're in Melbourne, and it's cold. I'm cold. So there's like my body's a little a little shaky. And so to notice that is kind of a doorway into the presence. Oftentimes, we skip over sensations thinking, well, what really matters is emotions. And they do, but also physical sensations. So being with you, I notice, is what I'm noticing inside myself physically, what my feelings are, my thoughts, and then perhaps how my feelings and thoughts are being influenced by being with you. So that's the opening. And then when you say hearing this, I notice. So it implies that you're being affected by me. And this is relating. So authentic relating is being authentic and then relating to the other person. Yeah, if that makes sense. So those sentence stems are good kind of ways into uh, the present moment. Yeah. Another thing I wrote down, that noticing and naming context opens the possibility of changing it. And this is more a statement than a question because it seems like the capstone yeah. to the tool set you were just talking about. Yeah. And just and another way of understanding noticing and naming is being conscious. Being So that would be consciously blaming, for example, to be able to notice and name this is what's happening opens up space for something new. Because yeah. if you don't drop to the root, you can't change the the stems. Hmm. Yeah, and I had quite an amazing time getting access to a karma-free bitch zone, <laughs> which was, aka the complain game. And I'm backtracking a little here, but really, to I've had it said to me that by friends that you know we never really know what's going on for you because I always put the positive stuff out there, and I don't sit down ever and be like, oh, this is really irritating me. This is bah, and to have yeah. the opportunity to be heard in that was was wonderful i really i really liked it and the person opposite me said ah oh, wow i really feel connected to you you've really shown up it was fascinating when we did that when i said look we all have judgments we all have complaints and we're not here to sandpaper those out we're not here to be better than we are and when there was permission in the space to consciously complain like you have two minutes to complain then the energy in the room was just so big because, oh my gosh, I can do that and, uh, and it's okay. It's, yeah. Now, you don't want to like, it's like it's good to notice the thoughts and feelings and you don't want to like take them to bed with you. You don't want to make a, a whole like civilization out of those expressions, but to be able to name them and notice them opens up space for a deeper truth to come through. It's not quite a Cohen, though. It's not how we are with how we are, it's how we are with what we do. Okay. Um, I said that? <laughs> I think I probably did. I said a lot of things. Um, so, I'm sitting here being interviewed, and there's a thought in my head that says, I should do a good job, I got to get this right, I have to catch an airplane, so we have to do this efficiently, and all that, all that kind of the doing and the content... 
And then there's this other part underneath, I, I think it would be underneath or behind, where I'm noticing all this, and I have the opportunity to kind of be tender with myself as I'm having those very normal human experiences of wanting to rush or do it right. And so there's a softness that's possible as I'm being videotaped. And so the being videotaped is the what we do, and the softness or the possibility of the softness is how we are. Mm. And in any moment, regardless of what's happening on the outside, I have access to an internal resource to more welcome myself, to take a breath, to slow down, to be present. Mm. And that will influence what I do. But initially it's just noticing what I do, noticing how I am inside that and making, when I can, a choice to welcome myself. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I sit here balancing the, the clock in my periphery, your time, remembering that I didn't put the phone on airplane mode so if somebody rings it's going to interrupt the video production, <laughs> figuring out what I want to ask you and then just slowly moving through the process because... Right. Exactly. Um, you know, two things that really I loved. Whatever is happening, the good news is we have ourselves. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Because we have ourselves. And um, there's no better place than where I am. There's no better place than where I am, yeah. Well, I, I was talking about like when you... We're forming groups one time and, okay, find the person you want to be with. And if they're taken, then find someone else. But I guarantee you it's the perfect person that you're going to partner with because you get to be with you. And that's really what it's about. And there's no there's no place like home. <laughs> if I could quote a movie I've seen yeah. a few hundred times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't – well, there's always time. But right now we're not going to go into the word purple unless you want to wrap it up quickly. Um, you like that one? I did. Sure. I'll just share. It's a personal story. Um, it came in the uh, in the conflict transformation part of the weekend. And sometimes there's so much charge in a person energetically that they, they, they don't know how to ground. So I, the story is I was with my, um, this is years ago, I was with my girlfriend and um, we're living together and when, sometimes we'd have these big fights back and forth and back and forth and in the middle of the fight in the middle of a sentence she would turn and walk out of the house and i would feel like i was just i was kicked in the stomach was like oh how could you do that and she'd walk go out on the hills you know walking in the woods for a couple hours and come back and she'd come back and i'd say how could you leave you know i felt so abandoned and she said well you know i'm going to come back I said, my mind knows it, but my my energetic body, my the young the young boy, and I don't know that. I'm I'm emotionally freaking out. And then she said, Well, the reason I'm leaving is because I feel so much charge. If I continue the argument, I'm gonna say things that are gonna just make it worse. Hello. <laughs> I love it. And um and so I got that. And then I realized, well, it's too many words for her to say all that in the heat of the moment. To her to say, I'm going to leave now because I love you. I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to come back. And all that, all that was just too hard. There's too much charge. So we came up with the word purple, which was a signal. If she said purple, all that was what was going on. 
So the next time we had a fight, back and forth, back and forth, and she says, purple. And I'm like, have a good walk. (laughs) It always touches me. It was like, because when she left for two hours, we were together. Like I knew why she was leaving. My body could relax. She was going to, because she was honoring the connection rather than leaving me. And so that simple tool really, um, it still touches me today like because there's a, a way to remember, like to step out of the trauma of being abandoned. And, and it's a, the opposite. It's like, oh, I'm being supported. There's a yeah. tail in the video. Sorry, the cat wants to be on the table. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I wrote it down because I know one of the, the biggest transitions in my life ever was a situation where I walked out on a situation I couldn't handle and I'm fairly confident if I'd have said the word purple, there would have been a lot more space for us to resolve right. a conflict that still probably sits in the hearts of both of us today. Sure. And so. of course, you choose your own word. It's not a universal... People, it's not a universal yeah, yeah. word, okay? Yeah. So don't just say purple without setting a context because yeah. they're not going to know what you're talking about. All right. Wrapping this up so you can get out of here and get to somewhere warm, Bali. Um, what's one thing in the world you want people to know about authentic relating? Hmm. There's a lot. Um, the practices of authentic relating, the, the first one is welcome everything. Not so easy to do, but it's when we welcome everything, we, we automatically let go of our agenda. We drop into a place of openness and, and graciousness. And then the second one is we drop our assumptions there's that innate curiosity and that aliveness. So authentic relating is is a series of structures uh, and focus to bring more aliveness, more connection, more openness um, to the extent that people want. So there's no force. We're not pushing people to be different. We're actually inviting people to be themselves. And in that invitation is where the real magic happens. Yeah. And if there's one thing you wanted people to know about being at the Tender Edge, your own website, the TenderEdge.com. The Tender Thank you. Um, well, you mentioned my background. I, I have two websites. The other one is ConsciousTeaching.com. That's for school teachers and administrators. But this newer stuff is a more kind of, in my world, edgy and alive and vulnerable focus. And on the website, I give my philosophy of life in two sentences. Love is unconditional. And life gives us conditions so we can love them. And what that means a lot, but one thing it means is that every experience we have, good, bad, positive, negative, right, left, it doesn't matter. Every experience is a doorway into love, is a doorway into ourselves. And we don't have to change the experience to find our soft center. Because every experience we can welcome, we can breathe, we can be tender with ourselves. So that's one piece. And the other side of the tender edge is that we expand our comfort zone by entering into discomfort. But we do it in small doses because if we go too far too fast, we can traumatize and slingshot back into contraction. So it's a, it's a way of moving and growing where we don't have to step back again and recover. Recover means to cover again. We don't have to do that if we go at a pace. I call this going at the speed of love. If we can move at the speed of love and bring that tenderness in, then we, we can actually move quite quickly into welcoming ourselves and others. Yeah. Beautiful.
Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the interview with Philip Bateman. And thank you very much for watching. I'm really committed to bringing you more wonderful insights from leaders in business politics and community around the world. So if you can give me a little bit of support by sharing, commenting, liking, and getting this content out into the world does mean a lot to me and means we can speak to and hear from more amazing people like Rick here. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure, really.